Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Tell you about my water heater? Not lately. I'm supposed to take it for granted, right? Well... Until it stops working, which it did. Been taking care of it, though, right? What? Professionally flushed out every year? Nobody told me that! I thought everyone knew What that. else don't I know about water heaters? Dave. Have to scrape off the barnacles? Dave. Next you'll tell me I need to change the timing belt and upgrade the firmware just so I can enjoy my rainfall showerhead with water that's maybe just a little warmer than actual rain! Dave, so what's the best case scenario? Best case? Okay, I make one call, someone comes out and fixes my water heater today. Maybe comes back to do that maintenance stuff. That's best? Oh, yeah, but... That's best. Best Home Services. They always have four plumbing trucks standing by waiting for last-minute calls. They do all the... uh... Yes, they do. It's best.com When something goes wrong, we're waiting. So I can't take my water heater for granted? Or your air conditioner. What? I want my MTV. Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. Dave Young here, Stephen Semple alongside. You told me just 10 seconds ago we we're going to be talking about MTV, and that's the first thing that popped into my head. I, that, that, I'm, not, I'm not bad at that, am I? No, that's not bad at all. You know, it's amazing how MTV has changed. But anybody from our generation, that's MTV. We remember when they played music. <laughs> we remember when they played music. <laughs> they gave awards for music and uh, music videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they've really changed, but we're going to go back to the fun early days when they were actually, you know, a music music channel. That campaign was amazing. You know, we're going to pause for a minute and we're going to slot in a whole pile of those I want my MTV ads at a a certain point here because the list of musicians that they had do that is just incredible. Just incredible. You may not have as deep awareness of this as I do. Do you, do you know the very first song that they played when they launched MTV? I, I do, and you can share it right now. Well, because I was in the radio business, yeah. right? And the first song was the Ruggles' Video Killed, killed the, radio the Radio Star. star. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which was so funny. And everybody in the radio business is like, I like MTV, but oh, oh this is ominous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got to really have a sense of humor to do that. We're in trouble now. <laughs> exactly. And then they quit playing music and radio was fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Radio, radio outlasted MTV in the end. So yep. MTV was launched on August 1st, 1981, and it's the flagship property of MTV Entertainment, which is now part of Paramount. And yeah, it's not in the music world really today, but when it launched... It changed the music world. Mm, and that's mm-hmm. what we're going to really talk about is the change that happened. And the idea, I don't know that you're aware of this, Dave, but the idea for MTV was created by Michael Nesmith, who people from our generation would know as one of the monkeys. So one of the monkeys created the idea for MTV, which I thought was really, really incredible. It really, and he was such a creative, uh, even filmmaker, Right. He did music videos before MTV. He did he films. Did. 
Yeah. Yes, he did. He was a real pioneer of music videos. He wrote this solo tune in 1977 called Rio, and he was yes. asked to create a clip for it. And what everyone was expecting was the, you know, the standard clip that was done at the time, which was a guy standing in front of a microphone singing the song, right? Instead, yeah. what he did is he created this clip where, you know, there were shots from locations and all these other things that didn't necessarily have anything to do with the song. And this is considered the world's first music video because yeah. this is not what people were expecting. They they were expecting this shot of him singing in front of a mic and they got all this other stuff in, instead. And what ended up happening was this ran, this got aired in Australia, the, the video, and Rio went number one in Australia mm -hmm. with the airing of this. Now, it wasn't called a music video at the time. It was called a video record is what they, yeah. first, what they first called it. And this got Nesmith thinking, and he ended up approaching John Lack, who at the time was at Warner Cable TV. And, and John Lack is a pioneer in his own right. He, especially in cable television, he developed the movie channel, he developed Nickelodeon, ESPN2, a bunch of stuff. So this guy right. was an absolute innovator on his own right. So just out of my own personal curiosity, can we go back to that clip? Was it Lucy and Ramona and Sunset Sam? That was from the Rio album. Yeah, it was the it was a music video or or video uh, song that uh, was was this muscle bound guy and these two girls on roller skates and uh, really a fun a fun watch and I, I know that was from the Rio project. Yes, that's probably the one. That is the one. Yeah. That is one. I didn't know yeah. the people, but that is the one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that song's gonna be buzzing through my head the rest of the day. I've watched that thing so many times. I had it on VHS before. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was the very, very first one. Okay, so so he contacts. So he reaches out to John Lack. <clears throat> he says, this is a really neat idea. We should look, look how this is done. We should do something like, like this. And, and Lack likes the idea. And he decides to run a test pilot on Nickelodeon called Pop Clips. Mm. Nesmith, for a bunch of reasons, can't get involved in the project. Lack ends up buying Nesmith out. So Lack buys mm. Nesmith out and creates this idea, Pop Clips, that he runs on Nickelodeon. And every time it ran, the phones rang off the hook. So this gave Lack the idea, maybe what we should do is create an all-music channel from the success mm -hmm. of these clips on Nickelodeon. And here's how I managed to sell this idea to the board. So he goes to the board and he says, hey, guys, we have no programs for kids ages 12 to 34. We have this hole in our programming, and we could use this to drive the market. Here's also the other plus. He's talking it to the cable world. He said, you know what? This will probably also drive cable subscriptions and secondary connections because parents don't want to listen to their kids' music. Right, so let's let's run the cable down to the rec room. Correct, or into the bedroom, or or and put another TV down there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this could deliver audience, sign up new cable subscriptions, and sell secondary connections into the bedrooms. Also, his pitch to the board was advertisers would like this because this is a great audience for them. Advertisers like that demographic; they really, really do. But here's the only challenge: there's no content. 
Right, right. <laughs> but, but I think I know where you're going here because the, the, the perfect storm of technology was just coming ashore. Um, it, it used to be, and I think Nesmith, I think, I think that particular uh, video was produced on film. But video was coming of age. It was. It was to the point where uh, video recording technology uh, actually uh, met or exceeded the available uh, television resolution. You could actually produce something on video that looked okay on TV. That happened in the early 80s. And, and then it became ubiquitous. You know, by 83, 84, we all had VHS players and we, we were recording our own stuff. And, and that even lets you record your own music videos. And certainly that is part of the story. Yeah. But here's the challenge that Lack faced is he said, okay, we've got no content. We need music videos and we don't have money. We need to get the record companies to give us this for free. Mm -hmm. So he approached record labels and got turned down because at mm -hmm. the time the music industry was in the slump and they wanted to get paid for the content. But what he did is he managed to convince a few bands to pressure the label to give them the content. So he got enough to get launched. So on August 1st, 1981, MTV launches with VJs rather than mm -hmm. DJs, right? Mm -hmm. And the first was Mark Goodman. And of course, as we talked about earlier, the first video shown was Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles, which yeah. is, you know, a bit tongue-in-cheek. And this is important. A lot of the stuff that they launched with at the time that they launched MTV was not a hit. Because yeah. the stuff that they managed to get from the music industry was not the hits. Yeah, I mean, nobody knew who the Ruggles were. Right. And also, no one knew who the Tubes were. And let's mm. keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. So to keep the record labels on side, they had to show that this helped sell records. So they went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, because this was a strong cable market. And they wanted to see if there was an effect. Because Tulsa had, at the time, the largest concentration of cable users. And here's what they discovered. Record stores were selling out of Buggles albums and Tubes albums. The only place in the world where that was happening. Everywhere else, the Buggles was not a hit. And, and really the only place in the world that you could watch or listen to the Buggles. Right. Right, because right. radio stations weren't playing it. Right, and the tubes were not getting played anywhere other than MTV and local Tulsa radio. <laughs> there you go. So they went to the radio stations, and here's what they found. Radio stations were playing the tubes because it was being requested. Request. And yes. when was it being requested? After playing on MTV. So exposure to MTV yeah. led to radio requests and airtime, which led to record sales. Yeah, so record companies were idiots. Deep history of record companies being idiots. But here's the important thing. They now had the proof that it would uh -huh. drive record sales, which helped them with the record companies because they're now able to go back to the record companies and go, look, you run this on MTV, it ends up being requests on radio, and it runs on radio. So tick box number one, we now have content. Yeah. But still no advertisers, and there's no revenue, and they're burning through cash. So he hires George Lowe's, who created a campaign to get them on the map. 
Here's the next thing they figured they needed to get the advertisers is they needed to get more subscribers and the secondary thing to basically show mm-hmm. kids were listening to it. So George created the campaign. I want my MTV because he wanted to get kids to demand MTV from their parents. I want my MTV. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get big rock stars for the launch to say, I want my MTV. So George approaches Les Garland, who's the program director, to negotiate with Mick Jagger. That's the first person they want. They wanted Mick going, I want my MTV. And Dave, (laughs) you'd like Les Garland. So Les goes to Mick Jagger to approach him to do this. And Mick Jagger says to Les, we don't advertise. The Stones don't advertise. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Nice one. Thanks. We should do this more often, man. I wish we could. And why can't we? It's my business. What about it? Thought everything was good. It was. Do I hear a butt in there? Sales have started to flatten and we're down over last year. Oh. Can't figure it out. Tried a bunch of stuff. Putting in more time doesn't seem to make a difference. Yikes. It's frustrating. Have you spoken to Steven? Who? The host from the podcast we just interrupted? No. Why not? I thought you were trying stuff. I am, but what's Steven gonna do? He'll work with you for free. You mean that starter session thing? Yep. I don't know. What do you have to lose? Not much, I guess. So, you gonna book one? Yeah, why not? Where do I do it again? I think you can do it right from this podcast. Cool, thanks. You bet. We really should do this more often. Golf more or interrupt this podcast? Over to you, Dave. Book your starter session on this podcast's website. Just visit theempirebuilderspodcast.com and click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. So Les calls Mick out on his shit, pointing out that the Stones did advertising for Jovan Fragrance. And Jagger responded, well, they did that because, you know, the fragrance company sponsored a tour and gave us lots of money. There you go. So to which Les said to Jagger, so you do commercials for money. And he said to Jagger, here's a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) There's your money. And Jagger laughs and said, I like you. I like you, Les. I'll do it. So Jagger (laughs) agrees to do the I want, you know, my MTV. And once they got Jagger, they got Billy Idol, they got Pete Mm -hmm. Townsend, they got Bowie, they got Pat Benatar, they got the police. And I remember those ads and it felt like every rock star in the planet was saying, I want my MTV. Mm -hmm. Like it was just like constant. I want my MTV. And it was like everyone was. And in fact, this pulled the record when you were talking with the record industry being idiots. This actually pulled the record industry out of a slump. Mm-hmm. Record sales, with the, following the launch of MTV, record sales started to increase. It really proved its importance to the record industry with Thriller. Uh, absolutely. So I don't know a lot of people realize, but when Thriller was released, so the album Thriller was re- released on November 30th, 1982, and the first three hit singles had videos. Billie Jean, Girl Is Mine, beat it okay Mm -hmm. so almost a year after the release of the album the video for thriller was released and thriller was nowhere on the charts so this so think about it this song had been out in the world for a year and had gone nowhere and what michael jackson did changed the music industry forever he shot a 15-minute mini-movie on Thriller. 
The budget was $500,000. It was the largest music video budget at the time because most were like 50 grand. Like yeah. a big budget was 50 grand. He was like, no, we're dropping a half a million bucks on this. And it was the most successful video in MTV history. And after the album being around for a year and Thriller being nowhere, it suddenly exploded. And that album became the best-selling album of all time. Driven, yeah. driven by this 15-minute music video that was done on MTV. Because at that point between the tube, what happened, tubes, bungles, radio sales increasing, and then what happened with Thriller, done. The industry yeah. changed forever, forever, mm -hmm. forever, forever. And I believe MTV would still be a force today if it wasn't for the fact that where people go today to watch the music videos is YouTube. Yeah. Well, and then and then uh, what? Eighty three. That that album won what nine, ten Grammys. Oh, it was Something unbelievable. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Now I'll, I'll send people down down a little weird rabbit hole. If, sure. If, if you'll allow. Roy Williams, uh, along with Michael Drew, wrote a book, and and Roy did this presentation for for uh, at least a decade. Uh, Roy H. Williams is one of our founding partners with with Wizard of Ads and our our consulting group. But there's a book called The Pendulum. And uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller plays actually kind of a big part in it because 1983 was this tipping point in the pendulum cycle of societal change. There's an 80-year cycle that we live in. And, and so this was 40 years ago today. <laughs> Pretty and much, right? I didn't 2020, even think about that. 2023 yeah. <laughs> is, is another tipping point. Pendulum has swung up and we're going to tip back down in that direction again. But it's, it's just an interesting side trail. If you're interested in in these long cycles of societal change, look up that book, The Pendulum. It's not the old story of like the pit and the pendulum. It's just the story of how society changes. But uh, anyway, there there's a little rabbit trail people can shoot down if they want to. Yeah, it's a real interesting, really interesting read. But here's the thing that really struck me as, as what I learned when I was looking at this MTV lesson is, you know, Michael Nesmith was exploring like a super creative guy, saw the idea, they ran it and went, wow, there was a weird success here. Mm -hmm. And they chased it down. It was an idea that was inspired from, I did this creative thing and I got this result. Boy, oh boy, there's more to it here. And But the other thing that John Lack understood was to make it work, they had to put themselves at the center. So in other words, they had to figure out a way to make this work for the cable companies, for the record companies, and for the advertisers. So he mm -hmm. understood he had to actually, and it wasn't just enough of, oh, I got to put it out there. I actually have got to have a plan for making this work. And he had a plan that he executed on to bring all of these pieces together. And I think mm -hmm. far too often... When we're in a situation where people need these multiple pieces, we ignore that, no, you actually have got a plan to pull all this together. He knew he had to get content from the radio company, so he had to, he had to figure out a way to show that it was good for them. He understood that he had to get subscribers, so he created a campaign for that. And then he knew when he got subscribers, he would be able to get the advertisers. The advertisers would come when he had the subscribers, yeah. but he had to empower the kids to ask for it. So it was really brilliant what they did. And the final part is even proving to the record companies 
was not a straight line. And we see this a lot in advertising where they'll go, oh, this happened, so therefore that's what the result was. It would have been very easy for them to go into the record stores. They asked people buying in the record stores, where did you hear this album? I heard it on the radio. It would have been very easy to go, okay, it was radio. They took the next step and went to the radio stations and said, why are you guys playing this? It's because of requests. Yeah. And then they looked at when did the requests come in. The requests came in after the album played on MTV. Often in marketing, it is not a straight line. Exactly, exactly. It is this domino effect, and they understood that and chased that down. And that, I think, is something that should not be ignored in this story. I agree with you, and and uh, brilliant move, because he knew they had... Uh, the, the proof that Michael Nesmith laid out was that people enjoy this kind of content. Yes. Right. But nobody's making it because Correct. there's no way to, like, you're not going to get a 10 minute movie to show at your local movie theater. Right. Nobody's right. going to get in line to, to go watch a 10 minute movie. But you start sprinkling these onto, onto cable TV and you, you create this little storm and uh, he knew, he knew where to feed the fire. Yes. Right? He he knew that, okay, well, the people that have it really like it, and the people that don't have it are going over to their friend's house to watch it, and then they're coming home and telling their parents they want it. And so it creates this little uh, firestorm of, of uh, desire. He had to feed that fire from multiple directions in order to turn it into a, a, a raging, spiraling firestorm of demand that, that it became. It was brilliant. It's a great story. So, Dave, I want my MTV. Turn it on. Leave it on. America, see the music you want to see. I want my MTV. All right. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. 24 hours a day on cable TV. I want my MTV, MTV, MTV! Yeah, too much is never enough. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast. 